please rise? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He himself knows our frame. He's mindful that we are but dust. The loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting for those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, and to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. Please be seated. For a call to worship, I'll read from Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is a psalm that that asks us to come into the presence of the Lord. And it talks about joy. For part of our prayer for the family is a deep joy that underlines the grief. Not, Not to ask that the grief just go away. Not to deny it. Not to push it down. But, but Jesus, his arms are underneath, and, and Jesus himself is a source of joy that overcomes all the trials of this earth uh, and of this life. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Heavenly Father, we ask you to meet with us. It is an amazing privilege to be able to talk to Almighty God and to say, here we are, one generation after another. We are, we are generations gathered together. And we ask you to be here with us. We would only ask the Father, the Holy Spirit. We would, we would not ask for any evil spirits. We would ask that you would keep any evil spirits away. But we, we ask for Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father, the Trinity, to meet with us. And you've promised to do so because as we come... We're coming in the name of Jesus Christ, our best friend, Ed's best friend, Alice's best friend, 
Heavenly Father, we depend upon you to take the words that we say, the singing that we do, and even the personal conversations with one another, that you would take all those things and use them for your glory and for the comfort and benefit of this family and loved ones and friends. In the name of Jesus, the risen one, we pray. Amen. The Lord gives us comfort in his word, comfort with the promises of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who was crucified and rose again from the dead, that we might have life and life eternal, uh, and a hope that cannot be broken even by death or sorrow. Hear God's word for uh, that comfort and those promises from Psalm 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This psalm is a description of the man who takes his stand by faith in Jesus Christ and the promised blessing and comfort that the Lord gives, both in this life and in the life to come. And at the heart of this description are a word and an image that uh, I believe Ed displayed in his life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, The word is delight, and the image is the tree firmly planted. And underneath both of those is a promise of blessing from the Lord. Uh, Delight, delight. It's not the word that we expect in this psalm, but it's a word that captures the difference between the righteous and the wicked. Uh, The psalm says, how blessed is the man who doesn't do certain things, who does not uh, walk in the uh, counsel of the wicked, he doesn't stand in the path of sinners, he doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers, he doesn't identify himself among the wicked by his conduct or by his beliefs. But, how would you contrast that? The psalmist contrasts it by saying, but he delights, he delights in the law of the Lord. It's a word that goes uh, a little bit deeper than, than simply believing and simply doing what's right, although those are deep enough, it speaks to the heart. It speaks to the deepest affections of the heart, an affection that fuels and drives everything else. This is a man who trusts the Lord, who obeys the Lord, and who delights in the Lord, and that delight overflows in his life. Ed delighted in the Lord. <laughs> Delighted in the Lord through hardship, through heartache, through bouts of of melancholy, sadness, through uh, times of great joy and thanksgiving. He held firmly to the Lord's promises and grace in Jesus Christ. And we saw that delight in his faithful, sacrificial, joyful, 
You might say fierce love for Alice, for his family, for you, Matt, Jessica, Alyssa, for the, the whole extended family. Um, I think from day one, he must have been Alice's great advocate. Uh, I've been privileged, and I know many of us have been privileged to see uh, many godly men who uh, lay down their lives in love for their wives in a way that demonstrates and shows forth the love of Jesus for his church. Uh, Ed demonstrated that kind of love in an exemplary way. Uh, one which we can look to as an example. Saw that delight in his love for, for you, for Matt, Jessica, and Alyssa. I don't know, Matt, if you know that he loved you. <laughs> you walk in the house, you know it. Jessica and Alyssa, what a gift uh, you were to him. Saw it in his love for his extended family and his church family here at Filbert, where he was deeply rooted. Of course, we saw it in his unstoppable sense of humor. I don't know if you experienced Ed's sense of humor, always looking for the joke, the prank, the gentle, sometimes not gentle poke or jab offered in love, sometimes seemingly completely inappropriate for the timing, and yet you still had to laugh right along with them. Faith that delights in the Lord is an anchor that doesn't give way to the gusty blast of wind that the Lord brings into our lives. It produces, that faith that delights in the Lord produces men like Ed, firmly planted trees, deeply rooted in life-giving streams. That image is one of stability, reliability, faithfulness, fruitfulness, bearing fruit in its season. There's seasons where you are more fruitful than at other times, perhaps. And attached to that description of a deeply rooted life in Jesus is the promise of the Lord's blessing. How blessed is the man? Blessed is the man who doesn't identify himself with the wicked by his conduct or by his belief, but has a deep-seated delight in the Lord and the law of the Lord and all the gifts that the Lord gives. It's blessing for this life, but ultimately blessing in the life to come. The wicked are like chaff, the wind blows it away, but the Lord knows and loves the way of the righteous, and their way shall not perish. Uh, But when we die in the Lord... Uh, as Ed has, it's not the end of the story, right? It's the entrance into everlasting joy, joy unspeakable, joy in the presence of the Lord, and may we find comfort in that promise. Psalm 126 captures some of that comfort that the Lord promises to those who, who remain, who remain behind. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Uh, This is a psalm in which the Lord promises to repay sorrow with gladness, to repay tears that are sown like seed with joyful shouting. It was written to those who were coming back from exile, God's people sent out into Babylon uh, in exile, unanchored, no longer uh, in their, their home and what was familiar, and yet the Lord had promised to 
bring them back and out of exile, out of devastating loss, uh, bringing them into joy. Uh, Losing Ed, losing Alice in in just over a year's time, that's that's devastating loss. That's uh, that's heartache. That's unanchored (laughs) feelings in in our lives. Uh, It's loss. It's deep loss. It's sorrow, it's tears that are sown. Yet the Lord promises comfort to those who mourn. Promises that for you who remain, you have opportunity to give thanks for Ed's life, to enjoy remembering his life and and all the blessings that he brought, uh, and to enjoy the fruit of his love and personal investment in you and the calm assurance that Ed stands before the Lord Uh, in glory, clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, with joy inexpressible, and also the comfort that the Lord will repay your tears with comfort and gladness, with even joy, so that we can say with Jeremiah and the Lamentations that even in the midst of affliction and the bitterness of death, the Lord is faithful in his daily mercies. Remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and the bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good that he silently, that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. Jesus in his death and resurrection has conquered death and has opened the door for us to have great hope in the life to come, but also the promise that each day gives new mercies for each day's trouble, for each day's sorrow, and that one day all of our tears will be repaid with a shout of joy in the presence of the Lord. Uh, May he give comfort, may he give grace, and in days to come, may he give gladness in the midst of grief. As you look to Jesus, as you find comfort in him, and as you remember and give thanks uh, to the Lord for Ed's life. Let's stand together. If if you're able, uh, family may remain seated if they'd like, and let's sing Amazing Grace. on the back of your bulletin.
Jesus died and he rose again. Before he died, he had a meal with his disciples. He had many meals with his disciples, but we call this the Last Supper. And while he was having that meal and when he was changing the Passover meal into the, the Lord's Supper or communion, he made a promise. And his promise was that he was going to go away, and it was for the good of the disciples and all of us that he go away, but he'd come back, and he'd come back to get us and take us to be with him where he is. It's a beautiful promise. Uh, he says, this is in John 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places, or many mansions, many places to live. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. There's his promise, or part of his promise, and receive you to myself. You, you see how, how personal that is, that, that promise? I'll come back. I'll go to heaven. I'll come back, and I'll, and I'll, I'll get you and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Why am I going to come back? Because I want, I want you to be with me. I want you to leave this world with all its troubles and everything. Now, I want, you, I want you to be with me in heaven forever. And that's worth coming back from heaven to earth to get you. I promise to do this. It says, you know the way where I'm going. And old Thomas I'm sure I would have been very much like Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas. Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? And that's when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He said he'll come back and get us. And then, when he comes back, as he has come back for Ed, uh, and between now and then, he is our shepherd. In your, in your bulletin there, you have Psalm 23, and most of you probably know it. I hope most of you know it by heart. Psalm 23 obviously is in the Old Testament, but then Jesus came after the Old Testament was, was complete, and then he said, he said that, that shepherd you read about in the Old Testament, the examples of shepherds you read about in the Old Testament, specifically John, uh, Psalm 23, he said, that's talking about me. He says in John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. It's a personal relationship. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them. And they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me. You understand if you're in Jesus... You know, like Ed, Alice, the Lord gave Ed to Jesus. The Father gave Ed to the Son. Ed's a present. <laughs> if you're in Jesus, you're a present that the Father gave to the Son. I give eternal life to them, and they, they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And the Jews 
wanted to kill him right then. They picked up rocks. They were getting ready to stone him because they knew when he said those words, he's saying, I am God. And by the way, that's how you tell whether you're in a Christian church or not. It's a major important thing. If you're going to a church that, does, that says Jesus is only a good teacher, that he's only a, a great leader, that he's, just, he's shown you the way of sacrifice or these other things, but that he's not God, then that's not a Christian church. But there are lots of Christian churches, but all of us believe that Jesus is God, and he died for us, and he receives us unto himself. He loves us. He loved Ed, and I think you could see in Ed and Alice, 1 Corinthians 13. Some of y'all may have memorized that too. Um, they, they were bound together. Jan said that, uh, I heard her say last night two or three times that um, she figured Ed died of a broken heart, and I agree with that. I think Alice died of a broken heart. Alice was in the hospital, and Ed could not be with her. Ed had saved her life a number of times in the hospital, being the advocate right there all the time. But this last time, he wasn't able to be there because of this COVID thing. So when Alice came home, she was, she was different. And then Ed was in the hospital, and Alice couldn't be there, except in spirit. But she couldn't be there to, to poke at him and... Uh, get him to do what he needed to do. It was, it was a tough end of life, but they're, they're rejoicing now, and praise the Lord, praise the Lord for that. And they, we saw the love of God in them. God loves us. Romans 8 says, Who will separate us from the love of God? Will tribulation or persecution or distress or peril or nakedness or, or sword... And all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, which is the last enemy, it's a horrible enemy, or life, which sometimes can be harder than death as you're approaching death, neither life, nor de death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the Father gave the Son. He demonstrates his own love for us. This is Romans 5. Demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he says, greater love has no one than this, that he give his, his life for his friends. So that love of God the Father and that love of, of Jesus the Son, I could see in Ed and Alice. Love is patient. Love is kind. And, and y'all and know with all the poking and everything, that's kindness. That's just his way of expressing it. <laughs> I, it for the rest of my life, I'll never have as much fear of dying of a heart attack <laughs> because of Ed Hope. <laughs> And I don't have a fear of my wife killing him with a can of beans in food line or what was Bilo. But the love, I and mean, he loved y'all. Uh, he, he loved, he loved y'all. Y'all know that. Has anybody not been scared by him? Do, do you not know that was his love? 
Can't you see the love of God in the love of Jesus, in the love of Edgar Ellis Hope to all of us? And can't we praise the Lord for that and thank him for the impact of his life on us? And every time I even hear the name Alyssa, I've got Edgar. See, Ed, Ed was chairman of the Board of Deacons when I came here. He's been my friend for four decades now. Ooh, that's, that's impressive, wasn't it? <laughs> He's the one who took us, gave us the 50-cent tour of the house where we presently live. He's the one who took care of us. He moved this church into a new era. Uh, when, he, when, he get, when we moved from mimeograph to uh, a, a, a printer and from uh, a regular typewriter to the Selectric 2, and gave us Cindy as our secretary. This church took a leap forward because of Ed and Alice, Alice's connection with the school and the equipment there that was used and could come here. They, they did marvelous things in our lives and in the life of this church. But mainly we saw this love between the two of them. Love is patient, love is kind. It is not jealous, it does not brag, it is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own. It is not provoked, it does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. And I think if you, if you had contact with Ed or even, even had contact on the Facebook and things like that, you could see that he sort of honed in more and more on the truth, the truth that is in Jesus he, he focused on that because that's where his love was. His love is in Jesus. His love is in Alice. It bears all things, believes all things, hope, hopes all things, endures all things. Well, Jesus made a promise to us. Jesus is our shepherd. Jesus loves us. The Father loves us. He teaches us how to love one another, and we saw an example of that in, in Ed and Alice. And he calls us to himself. He says, Come to me, you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I was prepared for Tom's homegoing. I was prepared for Lucy's homegoing. Over a period of time, I got prepared for Brenda's, although that was a shock. Uh, and, and then Tim and Jason. Uh, th- this has been, as Dave said, heartache and heartbreak. I wasn't prepared for Ed's, not until a day or two. I was still thinking in other directions. Um, but the Lord... The Lord is sovereign. The Lord blesses us. The Lord gives us uh, his, his blessing. And I praise the Lord for the whole extended family, uh, many of whom are, are right here and, and who, whose love is all intermingled, and then the neighbors and the loved ones and friends. I pray the Lord's blessing on each one of y'all. We can read about heaven from the next to the last chapter in the Bible. We read 
Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there's no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. That's the basic agreement of our relationship with God. He says, I'll be your God, and we'll say, I'll be your son, I will be your daughter. That's called a covenant, and it lasts forever. I hope you've done that. I hope you've reached to that that place where you've accepted Jesus that way. He will wipe every tear away from their eyes and there will no longer be any death, no longer be any mourning or crying or pain for the first things passed away. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. Jesus says, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of this book. He says, there will no longer be any night. They will have no need for the light of a lamp or the light of the sun because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. Uh, It'd like to fix things. It'd like to fix things on time or before they broke if possible. Um. I think a wrench was certainly can be seen as his symbol. Um, I think he worked on us as well. I think he focused on trying to get us going in the right direction and tuned up. And I praise the Lord for their investment in you, Matt. And then the Lord's bringing Matt and Jessica together and then Alyssa. What, what a great trio of blessings. And we praise the Lord, and we ask the Lord to be with y'all and with the whole family. Um, the Lord calls us to believe in him. We come to him through the, the cross, and we'll sing just in a minute about the old rugged cross. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the life of Ed Hope, Edgar Ellis Hope. I thank you for the, the friends who've gathered, the neighbors who've gathered, the, the loved ones, and the whole extended family. I ask your blessings on Matt and Jessica and on Alyssa. I ask your blessings on Tom and Rosanna, on Jim and Rachel, on Keith and Patty. Ask your blessing on, on Brenda's family. We pray that you, would all, that you would draw all of us to yourself, that you'll give us a peace that passes understanding, that you'll give us sweet fellowship with one another. I pray that we'd be able to share memories and, and laugh at them and maybe weep over some of them. But, Father, we pray that you would be our Savior, the one who died on the cross, to pay for our sins. Give us hearts of repentance. Cause us to ask you to forgive us for our sins. Keep us from being so headstrong. Give us humility. Help us come to you so that as we think about that old rugged cross, 
we know that Jesus loved us enough to die for us. May we love him enough to live for him. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand if that's uh, appropriate uh, for you and if you think that's the right thing to do. And let's sing the old rugged cross. Again, the words are on the back. Shame and re-
have the burial at, the, at Lakeview Memory Gardens following the service. Receive now the benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be honor, glory, dominion, and power both now and forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen.